You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It is 11 a.m. on a Tuesday right here on Southern Fried Sports. Joe Gaither filling in for Travis Ryer as he's out on vacation in Montana. Follow me and follow the show today on Twitter at Joe Gaither 6 on Twitter. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to uh, get into as we continue to react to this weekend's uh, football news, this weekend's football. Don't make you do There we go. I want to remind you that today's program is brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier. Head on over there today at uh, at 1530 McFarland Boulevard East over by Southern Ale House. They've got all your sweet treats and all your goodies. My personal favorite is uh, if the chocolate lady's listening today, save me some of those chocolate-covered espresso beans. Good little way to get some energy with a little sweet treat. Give them a call today at 205-752-0211 and get in touch with the show on the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line at 205-342-9904. I'm joined on the on, on the program on the other side of the glass by Mason Woods, who together we combine to form. Oh, you're gonna have to do it live. You're just gonna have to do it live. We combine to form the 60 Minute Men. Give me the live version. Turn yourself on and go, woo! Woo! There you go. Of Sports Talk Radio. Mason, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Joe. How about you? You know, getting things going back here. I'm a little confused oh, to start with, but we're getting it going. That's okay. You're 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 right there. You're right there. So tweet the show at Tide109 or at Joe Kather6 or Mason, what's your Twitter? Where can they find you to you know You can find me at M A Woods underscore on Twitter. M A Woods underscore on Twitter. Compliment his live version of the Ric Flair Woo. And we got a lot to get into today. Where to get it started? Well, for me, the place to get it started is Rashawn Evans. Rashawn Evans, in short order last night, gets himself ejected from the Tennessee Titans' first game, the Monday Night Football game, against the Denver Broncos. It was a pretty obvious, what in the world are you doing kind of a moment for me. We'll find out from our resident Titans fan, Mason Woods, what he thinks about his team's game and what he thinks about the star Alabama linebacker getting tossed out for throwing a quick right hook down there in the red zone as we go on through the program. The Titans did end up winning. They went 16-14. to Derrick Henry rushed for 116 yards on 31 carries. Not particularly the, well, not the most efficient night on the ground for Derrick Henry, but he did clear the 100-yard mark, and the team got the win. You know, Martin Houston let me know this morning that the Tennessee Titans are undefeated all time when Derrick Henry rushes for 100 or more yards. So uh, if that's the case, you just feed that man until he gets that hundred. Uh, it, 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 that seems like a, you got to stick to the recipe of success there. The Titans ended up kicking a game-winning field goal, a chip shot field goal, which you know kind of uh, might have been in doubt for several Titans fans. Steven Gotzkowski missed three field goals and an extra point. Uh, so I think if he and and, and uh, Vrabel, Coach Vrabel, had not been teammates in New England, maybe they were. Uh, you know, been a little more fallout to him missing all those kicks. Most of them were pretty easy. Most of them were right, right in range. Uh, I did look. Uh, I did notice on the sidelines after the missed extra point uh, to put the Titans up thirteen to seven. Vrabel had some words for Goskowski. He had some serious words, and I think that maybe they landed whatever whatever he said got him in the right headspace to make that game winner at the end. Our guy Jerry Judy, my guy Jerry Judy, he finished with a pretty good night. He got four four receptions for fifty six yards. 
Uh, but Gary Harris informed me that I must have missed, completely missed, that he had two drops that would have put his night uh, into you know a, t- a top-tier evening for a rookie debut. Personally, I think it's kind of tough for a, r- a rookie receiver to be the number one option out there against a tough Titans defense. Uh, they were planning on Cortland Sutton being, uh, being out there to take some heat off of Jerry Judy, and they also were playing on K.J. Hamler out there, but both of those receivers were hurt. So Judy was kind of out there, one-man show in the receiving core. Him and Noah Fant uh, were getting it done for Drew Locke, but unfortunately they came up just a little bit short. One one thing I want to say is a big a big old happy birthday to Savannah Ryer. I know Travis is out there and his, and his, his oldest daughter is celebrating her birthday today. Steven Goskowski missing all those kicks made me feel like uh, you know if the Titans need a, a a reliable field goal kicker, I know I know a lady Savannah Ryer ready to go up there and, and play in Nashville. I will take her. I mean, she, I mean, she's apparently the real deal. Look, if 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 she can do better than missing three field goals and an extra point, I'll take it. It was it was pretty rough watching Goskowski last night. Oh, she was hitting them for the Northridge Jaguars and uh, even you know participated in a little bit of kicking here and there while she was out at Hawaii. Uh, I, you know, never say never. The Titans, if you need a guy, uh, if, if you need uh, a reliable athlete, you know, she may not be able to hit you from 50, but 35, 40, I mean, you, you got, you got to hit those. That's an extra, those extra points that are 33 yards. Now you, you got to take, hit those automatically. So, uh, Savannah Ryer, go submit your resume to the Tennessee Titans. They may be shopping for kickers today. Uh, if you got a thought on the Titans Monday night game and all the Alabama uh, players that were in on Monday night football and all that played throughout the week, uh, if you think tossing or Sean Evans was a fair call or was the wrong call, maybe the refs overreacted. I mean, he did he did straight up hit a hit the uh, Broncos guy right in the mouth. Uh, but call us in to react on the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line at two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. It's also a big night on the hardwood. We've got the NBA has got a doubleheader tonight. The Heat and the Celtics, they're kicking off the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston is a one-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. But I really feel like uh, the Heat are in a good position to do what they've done through the, throughout the whole bubble is give these teams a hard time, play them tough, uh, play tough, hard-nosed basketball, riding their guy Jimmy Butler. Uh, I think the Heat are going to end up winning that series. May not win tonight, but I think they're going to end up winning that series and advancing to the NBA Finals. That game starts at 5.40 tonight, and it's followed up by the headliner, the big the big game. Clippers and Nuggets are playing a Game 7, and the winner draws the big bad L.A. Lakers. So we'll see how that Game 7 plays out tonight. The Clippers are at a 7.5-point favorite, but the Nuggets, you know, Nikolai Jokic and Jamal Murray, they battle back from being down 3-1. Uh, to force this game seven, it, it's not the first time in this series they they, they battle back from three uh, one. The series prior, who are they playing? The Blazers. Uh, yes, I believe it was the Blazers. I believe no the Bla- the Blazers play, got eliminated by the Nuggets. Who uh or by by the Lakers? By the Lakers? By the Lakers? Uh, the Nuggets. Who do they play a game seven? Utah, Utah, the Jazz, the Jazz. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Donovan Mitchell, and Jamal Murray went back and forth. That was an excellent Jazz. series yes, too. Yes, yes, I just had to get there in my brain there for a second. Uh, so they played Utah uh, after being down three one, forcing a game seven and winning that game seven. We'll see if they can repeat that feat tonight. Uh, so who are you going with? You going with Nikolai Jokic or Jamal Murray, or if you're siding with the championship pedigree of Kawhi Leonard and Doc Rivers? Uh, I think ultimately the Clippers will kind of win that game, but uh, I won't be surprised. The Nuggets are a tough team. They, they they play hard and they play smart basketball. They're they're well they're a well coached team. The winner gets the LA Lakers, so I'm not sure if the winner is really happy with that prize. But you do advance to the Western Conference Finals, four wins away from the NBA Finals, uh, which is the ultimate goal. And, and and have you been surprised or impressed with how the NBA has handled uh, their restart and their return? Now, of course, you've had a couple hiccups here and there. Player jumps out of the bubble to go to a strip club here. Uh, you get the Rockets, the the Houston Rockets uh, young man who got kicked out of the bubble because he had an unauthorized visitor and subsequently his wife taking him off all of her Instagram. So I think she was maybe more upset than the team was. Uh, that, that, that'll, probably, that'll probably prove to be larger ramifications for him than uh, getting kicked out of the bubble there. Uh, I hate that for you, buddy. Make smarter choices. <laughs> but you've got 
you know, I think the bubble has largely worked, and I think the NBA is really impressed that here we are, right on the precipice of the finals. You're down to uh, you're down to five teams left. You'll be down to four uh, by the end of the night, uh, and, and here we are. We haven't had any COVID nineteen outbreaks. Nobody's missed out. See, I was expecting. Honestly, as they restarted the bubble, I was expecting for them to have to end up, you know, having a guy like, doesn't matter, this is just a name, having a guy like LeBron miss some time because he tests positive, having Anthony Davis miss some time because he tests positive, just having players going in and out of the lineups because they're testing positive and having to go into quarantine, and we really haven't faced that at all throughout this NBA, NBA, the finishing of the season and the new playoffs. Uh, Mason, what about you? Have you been impressed with the NBA, how they've uh, handled uh, how they've handled the restart and how we've arrived to this point so far. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they've done a really good job. You kind of said it yourself. We haven't really seen any kind of outbreak issues. The only the only time that we've really seen anybody miss is because they had to leave the bubble, and you know whether that's dealing with you know some guys had some family issues, some Zion. guys had some other stuff here and there. That's the really that's really the only time we've seen guys miss significant significant game time. So it, they've done a really really good job. I think I think other leagues really need to take take notes. Well, they've been really protective of their environment and really protective of their players. I think that's been really impressive. Uh, you see Gordon Hayward left the bubble to rehab his injury for the Celtics, but word is that he is close to being able to return. Well, he's going to have to go through a, a, a short quarantine process, so he better get his butt back down to Orlando and go through that quarantine process while he's waiting to get cleared so that maybe he can contribute to this Eastern Conference Final Series against the Miami Heat. If he can come back and play, I think it might sway the pendulum over to the Celtics side, and we might see them in the finals playing against the Lakers, Clippers, or Nuggets. So if you got thoughts on the NBA, I know that it's not always so super hot around town, but if you've got any thoughts on the NBA, the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line is open for business. In the next segment, we're gonna I got a special guest. I'm really, really excited to to bring on Coach Ryan Lawley of the Gordo Green Wave. They're sitting there four and oh. They he they've got four they're four and oh in a brand new class in a brand new region. Uh, they've had, you know, a cu- last week's game against Northside was a re- was a little closer than the scoreboard uh, made it out to be, but He's led a team to a, a great start through uh, difficult times with uh, dealing with coronavirus and dealing with the pandemic. We're going to catch up with him in just a minute, and we'll see about uh, we'll see about what ha, what was the secret to what was the key to getting the team ready to get off to such a good start, and where he hopes to take this team uh, in the future. That's coming back on the other side. I'm Joe Gaither filling in for Travis Ryer on Southern Fried Sports. You're listening to Tide 100.9. Mostly cloudy with a chance of a few scattered rain showers across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight. The high today 81, tonight's low 69. Tomorrow, cloudy and windy. Rain likely through much of the day. The rain heavy at times. A flash flood watch is in effect. The high 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. See the sunrise creeping in. Everything changes like the desert wind. Here she comes and then she's gone again. And I'm just a traveler on this earth. I just keep rolling tonight, because I'm a traveler. Oh, I'm a traveler. Welcome back into Southern Fried Sports right here on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Joe Gaither filling in for Travis Ryer. You can send your comments, complaints, queries, and questions to me on Twitter at Joe Gaither6 and let Travis Ryer know on his Twitter at Travis Ryer that you miss him. As we all certainly miss him and hope that he gets back shortly. We're still trying to uh, get a hold of Coach Ryan Lawley. So ahead of that, we'll get into a uh, next little topic here. We, we're, we're looking at the next, the last weekend of college football prior to the SEC starting play. It's been kind of weird that the uh, college football has started, and, and you know we're right about two weeks in. This will be the third week of actual games, uh, the second week of full games, but but the third week of games, and the SEC still hasn't played a game. hasn't had a hasn't had a uh, hasn't had a, a, a team play any games yet. 
so it's the last weekend before college football, before college football's big boys, the SEC, really gets started. And I'm looking ahead at the slate, and it looks pretty bad, honestly. But we'll take any any football. I'll take bad football over no football at all. I'm thankful to have it back in my life, and I'm thankful I have it something something to watch on on the weekends and things to get excited about and things to talk about. So some of the better games of the of the weekend, kind of picking out some of the good games of the bad slate. You've got Houston and Baylor going to be at 11 a.m. on Saturday. It'll be the debut game for LSU defensive coordinator. Well, now Baylor head coach, former LSU defensive coordinator, Dave Aranda. Looking forward to seeing what kind of a Baylor team he fields out there. Uh, probably the best game of the weekend is going to be Miami and Louisville. It's the only game of the weekend with ranked opponents uh, playing against each other. Uh, it's going to be about six. It's going to be six thirty on ESPN. Miami and Louisville. Uh, both teams beat lesser squads uh, this, this past weekend to open up their season. Miami beat UAB. And Louisville beat Western Kentucky, and both both, both UAB and, and Western Kentucky, uh, you know, they hung they hung tough, and they 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 had good showings for themselves. But they just proved to be outmatched in the end. It'll be interesting to see if Miami will take care of Louisville or what the case may be. Um, I'm gonna go probably Louisville playing at home there, uh, being able to take care of those Miami Hurricanes. Now App State is playing uh, Marshall in the midday win- w- window. App State one zero playing Marshall one zero. See, it's it's a pretty rough rough schedule this week. Uh, Clemson's got big bad Citadel, so they're really going to be sweating. They're really going to be uh, trying to work it out there playing the Citadel. I'm sure Trevor Lawrence will be sitting the bench by halftime. And unfortunately, a game that was probably been really interesting to watch, but BYU number twenty one BYU and number twenty two Army is postponed. Uh, postponed, I believe, due to COVID COVID uh, COVID reasons. Um, so it's just not really a great slate there for uh, for college football. You got to hang on one more week for SEC play. Mason, out of those games, or maybe there's a different game. We gave you Houston Baylor. We gave you Miami Louisville. We gave you App State Marshall, Clemson Citadel. <laughs> Which game are you saying? Oh, I got to be on in front of my TV for that. I mean, I think I think Clemson Citadel is going to be can't miss football. That's going to be <laughs> prime time. Cannot miss it. How 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 soon is Trevor Lawrence sitting sitting on the bench? I think we see him go out early third quarter. Early, he's going all the way into the second half. Dabo Dabo seems like the kind of guy to keep his starters around a little longer, maybe till at least the second half. He he just seems he's a little traditional, you know. Dabo, uh, I I'm, I'm looking forward. I would like to see more time uh, with the young freshman that they got uh, who played against Bryce Young. In high school, DJ Umaga. He's got a he's got a funny last name. He's got a he's got a funny last name that I can not, well not funny but one that's difficult for me to pronounce. A bunch of U's and G's and I's and E's and you, can you? I mean, are you looking at it right now? You, I see your face. The best I could maybe give you is Uagalale. Yeah, uh, I think that's a great effort. Well done. Well done. Uh, so I, I would like to see him more when he got in the game against Wake Forest. I will say I was much more intrigued with watching Clemson because before he was in the game, when it was uh, Lawrence throwing to throwing to uh, throwing out to all his, he's got a bunch of great receivers. Uh, he's got a bunch of great receivers, but then him with Travis Etienne, uh, I think that they weren't even they weren't even trying. Uh, it was it was easy. It was. E- Easy for them. Hey, try Coach Lolly one more time. He told me this, that he's he's ready now. Uh, but we'll get Coach Lolly on in just a minute. I think uh, we'll probably go ahead and take a break right here, Mason. And when we come back, we'll have Coach Lolly, and we'll get right into talking with uh, Gr- Gordo Greenwave. Uh, Gordo Greenwave talk with 4-0 Coach Ryan Lolly coming up next right here on Southern Fried Sports. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back in to the Southern Fried Sports. I'm Joe Gaither sitting in for Travis Ryer. And it's my 
utmost pleasure to join in, uh, to, to welcome in to Southern Fried Sports, Coach Ryan Lolly of the Gordo Green Wave. Gordo Green Wave moving up to Class 4A, Region 5A this year. And uh, first off, uh, Coach Lolly, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing great. I appreciate y'all having me on. Oh, no problem. I appreciate you carving out some time in your day. I'm sure you're slam-packed busy getting ready for the, this upcoming week's game with uh, Haleyville. Oh yeah, no doubt. We you know we got a big one this week. Of course, it's the next one, but they they've got a they got a great football team. And, you know they play really hard. They're really good at running the football, and they're really stingy against the run. So, you know, we I thought we had a good day yesterday. Just trying to get ready to get one in today. Hopefully, beat the rain today. Yeah, for sure. You got a big old hurricane coming. I'm hoping that uh, it kind of dissipates all around us. That. We don't really get much of it, but I'm sure we are going to get wet here in the Tuscaloosa area. We just want to start you off by asking what your overall thoughts on the season are so far, given what you and your team has had to go through through the summer to uh, prepare for the season. You know, just the opportunity to get to play, we feel blessed and fortunate that we're getting to do that. You know, uh, I feel like nobody's really taking it for granted, and, you know, they're just thankful for the opportunity. We really didn't know what we are going to get to do, just like everyone else, but you know, as far as our summer went, I think we had the best summer we've ever had. Uh, we we worked, we had more workouts than we've ever had, more practices, and uh, because you know we were out of school there for a couple of months, we felt like we had to make up on some time there. So I thought we had a great uh, summer, and you know, which led into fall camp. I thought it went really well, and uh, you know, we started off four and zero. You know, I feel like we've gotten better each week. And uh, the the great thing about it is, is I feel like we could, you know, we're at the tip of the iceberg of what we could be if we continue to to work as hard as you know we've been we've worked so far, and that's something you know we try to fill our kids on, and we worked our tail off all summer and all fall camp to get to this point. You know, we're sitting here at four and zero now. You can be comfortable and complacent, and you know, not get any better, or you know, you could continue to work like we've worked, and it was, I think the sky's the limit for this team. You know, obviously you got to stay healthy and. Things like that, but at the same time, I feel like if we'll continue to work, we got a chance to be, you know, have a special team, no doubt. What if it, what, what would you say, in your estimation, has been the toughest part about getting your team ready through the summer with, uh, you know, with everything that you've had to deal with? What, what do you think has been the the most difficult thing to deal with? Uh, you know, I, I think the the being in contact around others. You know, I feel like our guys did awesome. I think you know we did, you know. I would put us up against anybody as far as how we did with our team doctors and trainer with Dr. Brandon, Erica Payne, you know, and our athletic director and Byron Fair. They came in, you know, and had us ready as far as when we started. We had an orientation with our kids. I mean, we checked temperatures every day. We wore masks inside. We wore masks when not competing against each other. You know, we kept our six-foot distancing and all that, but you know, it was kind of like anything else in life that you deal with. We felt like, you know, hey, this is what we've been dealt, so we can either have self-pity and not want to do it, or if this is what's going to allow us to play, we're going to do it. Our guys did awesome. I think they did a great job when we started back to school, kind of being leaders of the school and as far as helping with the mask and things like that. So, you know, the probably the toughest thing, like I say, is, is you know, when they're not with us, who they're around. So you get somebody that's had it, and then, you know, hey, if they've been around that person, you know, you got to quarantine and all that. So, you know, our guys have been very diligent and, you know, being responsible enough to not be in unnecessary places. Obviously, you know, when you got 60 people, there's going to be some places and there's going to be some people that are around. But for the most part, I think we've done well. That would be the main thing, I guess. It's been the toughest deal. Certainly. Coach, I've been to uh, two games so far this year, and thank you so much for having me out there. Uh, I, I've seen what I would say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe are two different sides of Tanner Bailey and his game there. Uh, in the Aliceville game, I thought personally that he may have struggled a little bit, but you cautioned me in post game saying that your team doesn't have to win by throwing the ball all over the place for you to say that he's played a good game. So I really sat back and thought about it and thought, okay, yeah, he did, he did pretty, play pretty well as a, as, a, as a whole. But So I came back for the Northside game last week, and I think you and the offense showed a different side of a different capability of what uh, what you're capable of when you finally open it up later in the game. And Tanner made several big throws to put the game away. A 60-yard dot for a touchdown, a 44-yard uh, 
completion put you down on the end zone and then about a 20 yard uh, kind of a flag route to to ice the game away talk about the versatility of your offense to not be reliant on him to 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 really be throwing the ball over all over the yard but also Tanner's ability to step up and make the throws at the right times for your offense yeah sure you know Tanner's an awesome he's a great player you know yeah there's no doubt Northside was his best game you know uh he had a big game, and a lot of you know our success with him also was him using his legs early in that game. Yeah. You know, he had some key third downs that he converted because he used his legs. And you know, you see these quarterbacks all the time that may not run a lot, but when they play in big games, they have to make that one or two runs that converts a third down. And uh, that was a big game for us. Northside has got a great team. Coach Hooker does a great job with them. They had a great game plan to. Shortening the game, we had six possessions. So yeah. we knew we had to, you know, that was the thing I thought Tanner did such a nice job of is, like you said, he made some big-time throws that, you know, we had to make. We knew we were limited. But, you know, I thought we didn't panic. And I thought when he had the opportunity, he made some throws and some guys made some catches. And, you know, he had a great game, you know. And talking about our run, you know, we want to be as balanced as possible. You know, no matter what, we don't want to just have to go out there and throw it every time. We don't want to have to run it every time. We feel like we're pretty good at both. So, you know, there's going to be nights where you're probably going to run it a lot more. There's going to be nights when you get to throw it more, and you just kind of take what folks give you. And You know, he's a great player. I think sometimes the expectation, I'm not saying you did this, but the expectation on him is, and I think I said that that night, almost unrealistic when we get there. You know, it's like you almost already have 300 yards passing with, five touchdowns yeah, or you, something. You it's kind of like what you see Alabama get year in and year out. And so I think the thing he's kind of been focused on just say taking care of the, that next play and not getting caught up in that. And I think, you know, it was, I was excited for him too, because he, you know, he had a great game and, you know, I, he's one of those guys that's pretty cool and calm anyway. So I don't think a lot of that stuff gets to him, but at the same time, you know, just want him to focus on just one play at a time and take care of business. I can tell you this, I've got a lot of confidence when the ball's in his hands. He does a great job for us. I'm glad he's a junior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can understand that from your standpoint. Uh, just an observation I made while I was at that game is as soon as, and this is no real detriment on the Northside fans, but as soon as uh, there's a chant of overrated from the other side, I don't know if y'all heard it down on your own on your sideline or not, uh, but really, as soon as that chant uh, kind of wore out, uh, your team flipped it on and uh, and 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 really uh, took care of business and and, t- and ran away from Northside. Yeah, uh, not that you know, I heard them talking about that. I never heard it, but you know, it's so loud and stuff. Oh in the yeah, game. yeah. And, uh, but you know, I heard some people talking about that, and you know, yeah. I mean, I guess that could be motivation. You know, I would hope that we don't need that, something like that sure. to, to get us ready to go because we put in enough work that we ought to be motivated by the work that we put in. But I'm sure, yeah, some of the guys probably that was motivation. I felt like, you know, after we scored to go up 14 to 13, I I felt like we had a, the momentum changed yes. and we had, you know, kind of a, a shot of an adrenaline, if you will. And defensively, it really helped us. And, you know, I mean, we were able to have some stops there and then, you know, be able to get a, end up with a two score lead there. So, you know, it was. I think that that touchdown that put us up fourteen to thirteen was the, you know, kind of changed the momentum and and getting the next stop and scoring again. So, but yeah, it was a big game. You know, they got a, their fans are, you know, they're into it just like ours sure. are and all that. So they, it was, it was an exciting atmosphere. I know you know. So we were just blessed to be able to win the game. Well, it was a lot of fun to be at for, for me. Uh, in, in the two games that I've seen, one of my favorite players to watch on your team has been uh, Xavier Glass. He's, man, impressed me from both, from the stands as a player. Uh, he, he really, you know, he's a heavy hitter on defense. He, he seems to be all over the field playing linebacker and then serving as your second slash third, kind of whatever you decide to use him running back, just hammering, uh, hammering the other defense. What about his game impresses you as a coach? Well, you know, he had the in, natural instincts that you really can't coach a lot of times on defense. It's like when the play starts, he's going to be where he's supposed to be, and uh, and he and he's going to be very physical when he when he you know makes contact with somebody. You know he 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 plays hard and he plays physical, and he's got bad intentions when he gets there. But you know he's a great kid and he works hard. You know offensively for us. You 
know, I don't know one, two, or three, however you want to label those bags. But, you know, we usually use him, you know, later. And uh, he's a guy that, you know, many people don't want to tackle because, yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's 220 pounds plus. So if he gets around the edge, you know, there's a DB or something sitting out there. It's kind of a, you know, it's a tough day for whoever that is because he's, you know, he's up. He's a bone crusher. He runs hard, and you know he's a he's a great athlete. Just think about him. He's two hundred twenty pounds, but he, you know he's like a hundred eighty pound athlete. He can run. He's one of the fastest guys on our team, and he's physical. So he he does a lot of things that you know makes our team better. And uh, he practices hard and he plays hard. You know I think that's the thing about him. He he loves the game. Now he'd probably like to run it thirty more times a game <laughs> like anybody else, but uh, he never. I guess when he gets the opportunity to run, he takes full advantage of it. <laughs> I don't blame him. He's been very impressive uh, just, just kind of watching uh, and covering. Uh, Coach, did you see the Hillcrest play this past weekend? Man, I did. Wasn't that awesome? I thought that was pretty impressive. And I know uh, Coach Adams and them do a great job. And he said that, you know, they've been practicing it, man. It, that was uh, unreal how that worked out. Do you have anything like that in your playbook? Uh, or you or know, have you we, ever had a, a, an experience yeah. like that? I mean, yeah, we've you know we've worked it before. Uh, usually, probably like most folks do, they you, know, you have a last desperate situation. Uh, sure. I don't mind saying we worked it because if somebody knows how to defend all that, I'd, I'd like to know what their answer is. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, it's a we've worked our you know our offensive coordinator. He likes to work a lot of different scenarios. You know, on Thursdays, and we've worked that scenario probably I don't know twenty times in the last couple of years i mean we we work it we work a lot of different things though that you you know we work defending it too because you got to be able to you got to i guess expect the unexpected there's one thing about it if stuff like that you know if you ever get in that situation you know who knows what's going to happen but if you don't have something you there's a pretty good chance that nothing positive is going to happen you know them prepping for that they've probably been doing it for years you know it finally showed up for them and Heck, it won them the game. So I thought it showed a lot of perseverance out of their players, too, to continue to go because that play lasted a while. I know those guys are about dead when that play was over. Well, Coach, uh, this has been been my first year in this position uh, at Tide 109 kind of leading things. Uh, and I wanted to get really involved in the high school beat, really involved in the local high schools around town. Uh, so I've been out there for the last handful of weeks at different games, but it hasn't taken me too long to realize that there's a, a, a kind of a different atmosphere at Gordo. And I know y'all are playing at Pickens County this year, but it's still been a fun atmosphere to be at, to watch the games. And you can kind of just feel uh, how seriously the fans are, uh, really take the football on the field. What would you say that make what, what what is it about Gordo that you say makes it such a special place with such a strong following? Uh, people love to win here. You know, we talk to our players all the time about you know we're going to do a lot of things that are not necessarily fun that requires a lot of work. But for us, what's fun is we always, is winning, and I think for our fans too is what's fun for them is winning, and uh, they expect to win. So. You know, if you're not winning, you, I promise you, you're going to know about it. So, you know, I think they have a high expectation for us. But, you know, it's kind of like Coach Saban's always say, I would, you know, I definitely want to be somewhere that cared and somewhere that didn't. And, uh, you know, our fans care, our community cares. You know, we've got a huge following. they got high expectations. But, you know, so so do our coaches and our players. We have high expectations for ourselves. We know we care a big torch as far as representing Gordo for, you know, for this season and our players do and our coaches. So, you know, our coaches take a lot of pride in working hard and getting preparing our kids and our, our kids work hard. I mean, that's the thing about here that I don't, you know, when I talk to other people and other friends around the state that coaches, you know, one thing that I think may be different in some cases here, not all cases, but, you know, our guys want to work. They show up to work. I mean, we're never sitting here wondering if somebody's going to be missing practice or somebody's not going to be at summer workouts. They're going to be here. They're going to be on time. And they're going to work their tail off. And I think the result of that carries over into what's happening, you know, in the season as far as, you know, being able to win football games. So we just got to stay hungry and stay humble and keep grinding keep playing hard and I think good things are going to happen for this team. Were you, were you coaching at Gordo when Ben Davis was enrolled there? I was. I, this is my eighth season as a head coach. So yeah, I I, coach, I was Ben's uh, 
head coach. I was fortunate enough to have him, man. What a great player and even better person. And, you know, he's a, he got his little brother plays for us now. And he's the same way, man. Great player, great leader, and, you know, just a tremendous person. So, Yes, sir. I coach Ben. What are you expecting out of him as a senior uh, going into his last year at Alabama? I know he's been kind of a uh, an enigma to, uh, for, for the fans to figure out, but uh, he's been kind of hyped up uh, 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 kind of a lot in the, this summer that, of taking a uh, taking on a leadership role and being able to get a lot of playing time. What are you expecting out of him as a senior? I expect big things out of Ben this year. I think he's going to have a great year. I mean, I. You know, he. I always expected big things for him. You know, here's the deal: going there. I mean, you know, if you go to Alabama, you got to. You know, we know that Alabama, year in your house, one of the best players in the country. Oh, so, yeah. if there was you know, the hype surrounded around him early in his career, there would you know that really unfair. But you know, we get that a lot of times too. You know, right. kind of like you get named the top player in the state and all these things, and then when you show up, everybody. I'll have 20 tackles before you ever even play it <laughs> down. So, here to me, Ben, is, he's big, he's fast, he's physical, and he's smart. He's going to be fine. He's going to have a great year, and I, I look forward to, to watching him do it. You know, he's had, and he's healthy now. You know, he's had, he had some, you know, he's had some health issues, and, you know, that that's, that's hampered him a little bit, but, you know, he's, He's persevered, he's overcame, and uh, I expect him to have a great year. Well, as Alabama fans, I hope uh, I think we all are hoping that for, for Ben Davis. Uh, I, I'd love to see him finish it off on a high note. Uh, you, you've won four games already this year, 4-0, undefeated. Do you have a specific uh, regimen or specific ritual celebration after you win? Do you have a special meal that you eat, uh, play a certain song, or do something you know that, that, that that's right up your alley after a win? Uh, no, I, you know, usually, uh, <laughs> we like to uh, flip on, listen to you guys on the way home on the road, your <laughs> scores and stuff like that. So that's basically what I like to do. You know, usually you get home after a game and, you know, you go stay up, stay awake, you know, two or three o'clock, but you know, I like to get home, be with my family on Saturdays. That's, you know, that's probably the funnest thing for me. And I know it's always a lot more fun for them as We've just won, you know, the night before. So that's probably my best ritual. <laughs> there you go. Well, what would be one player that the average fan or the uh, average or brand-new reporter like myself wouldn't notice uh, that you think has been really important to your team's success? Oh, gosh. You know, it's a, it's a lot. You know, it'd be hard for me to name one because we've got so many different guys that just step up in so many different plays, you know. I think the other night, you know, you saw what, uh, ben Caps and Lawson yep, Neal yep. had big plays in that game, as well as Isaiah Edwards did, too. Caps, Caps and, is know. impressive to me, and Edwards yeah. is, too, but both of them are. Right. And then, you know, up front, you know, I think Bennett Davis is just, you know, he, he gets after folks. And, and our center, and Hunter Kimbrell, I think he does a great job up front, kind of directing traffic up there. Those guys, you know, Bennett has to play both ways. He plays D-line, O-line, along with Will Spain, and those guys get in there, and they, you know, they're just physical, and then they slip right back around and play. But, you know, if you watched our game the other night in Tyrell Mayberry, mm-hmm. and 50. What, number 50, and yep. we moved him off the edge in the second half, Gosh, did he he changed the whole game to me for us defensively. And it kind of, you know, he's a guy, it's quiet, but, man, he works so hard. You can set your watch by him. He's going to show up. He's going to work hard. He's going to play hard. And, you know, he may be as good a player as we have on our football team, and I feel like we got a lot of good players, you know. And I say that humbly, but at the same time, I'm being honest. I think we got some good players on our team, but, he may be as good as anybody we have because of, you know, he's strong and he's physical and he plays so hard. And uh, I think he's one to me that sticks out as a game changer. And uh, and he does a great job for us. Well, coach, this has been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you giving me some extended time today. I've really loved watching your football team so far, and I'm uh, enjoying you know getting to know the area. I'm looking forward to many more years ahead and uh, watching you guys the rest of the year. Man, I'm, I appreciate what y'all do for high school football and what y'all do for for me. And anytime you want me on there, I'll be on. And uh, anytime you want to come out to Gordo, you can come to practice every day you want to. So 
I'll Amen. take. I'll definitely get a free afternoon to take you up on that. I'm I'm excited uh, about that. All right, man. Thanks so hey, much. Have a great day. Yes, sir. Right. That's Ryan Lolly, Gordo head coach. They're undefeated this year. They're playing Haleyville next week, and uh, if they if they take care of Haleyville, they're looking at a pretty big game with Northridge the next week. Uh, and we, speaking of Northridge, we will have Northridge head coach uh, Mike Vickery joining me tomorrow. I'm kind of trying to highlight some of the stronger teams in the area real quick in the week. I've got Northridge tomorrow and Hillcrest on Thursday. Coach Adams from Hillcrest on Thursday. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I believe it's the last segment for Tuesday, so stay tuned right here to Southern Fried Sports on Tide 100.9. Mostly cloudy with a chance of a few scattered rain showers across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 81. Tonight's low, 69. Tomorrow, cloudy and windy. Rain likely through much of the day. The rain heavy at times. A flash flood watch is in effect. The high, 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into Southern Fried Sports. Joe Gaither filling in for Travis Dreyer on a gorgeous Tuesday before we get some uh, hurricane winds, I guess. Hurricane Sally coming down for us. Right now it looks pretty outside. We got about 10, 10 minutes left on the, on this uh, Tuesday edition. Want to shout out a big thanks to Coach Ryan Lolly, the Gordo coach, for joining me today. I've uh, really, really, really loved getting involved in the high school sports around town. And uh, really looking forward to getting out. I think I might be going to a Central game this week, or I might be out at Pickens County to see Michael Williams' team. Uh, but we will have seven, eight, nine games covered on uh, Tide 100.9 and on the Tide 100.9 app this weekend uh, as we have the last four weekends. This will be the fifth weekend in a row, and we're looking forward to it. I'm going to bring in uh, James Ludeman uh, into the program to see what he's up to. James, how you doing, dude? What's up, man? How's it going today? Oh, it's going great. It's going excellent. How about you? It's good. I, I actually just had a an interview with the uh, uh, Ron Ingram, who's the director yeah. of communications. What did he have to say to you? It, man, he was he was really impressed with how they've uh, how they've been doing this year with high school sports. And uh, you know, I asked him, you know, just how things were looking as far as uh, you know issues and anything. And he said, of course, the first week was a little rough, but since then, you know, they've had no issues whatsoever. And and uh, he was he was very excited and very happy about how you know the schools have been have been doing with social distancing and masks and and uh, things like that. So so that was that was definitely something positive to hear today. Well, yeah, I think that uh, the high, Alabama high school model is what you're going to see going through the rest of uh, college football this year. You might have teams that have to take a forfeit or have to take a suspension or end up not being able to play with a full complement of players like Brookwood has this year. But I think that in the end, we will have an SEC champion, and we will have a college football playoff, and we will have a champion. Uh, and, you know, it's just going to be dependent on whichever team can stay the healthiest. Well, and then, of course, you know, you heard I heard the news a little bit earlier that there there, there may be an announcement today about the Big Ten. I saw that. Actually, you're getting too. right into some breaking uh, some news. Uh, Brett McMurphy tweeted that uh, – that there was a, a Nebraska athletic director was caught on a hot mic saying that we will announce football and Nebraska football back today, which is wow. nuts. And uh, just sp- staying on the same Twitterverse, uh, LSU's Ed Orgeron uh, said, this is according to Brody Miller of The Athletic, Orgeron says he believes that most of LSU's football team has already caught COVID-19, so hopefully they do not catch it again, is, it was, was his quote. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's, that's anyway. Um, no, Actually, it's but, Nebraska's uh, president. I'm sorry, not athletic director. Ted Carter said this morning, not knowing he was on a hot mic before a news conference, we're getting ready to announce the Huskers and Big Ten football tonight. Wow, and th- and that's a big deal. I mean, listen, they the, the interesting part to me is what is going to be the date. Uh, I think that's kind of what everybody's thinking right now. You know, if they if they're shooting for October 17th, which was the rumored date originally, then you're talking about a month from Thursday that they're going to have to be ready to go, you know, and, 
And then the other question is, how many of these programs are actually going to participate? Because there's some programs that said, yeah, we're definitely going to do it. And then there's others that have kind of been a little bit, you know, uh, I don't know what we're doing yet. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think that if, if they want to compete for a national title, they're going to have to get in before the 17th of October. I think that's kind of the general consensus of everybody at this point. I agree. Corey and Trussville, what do you think about that? I think that's great. Uh... The, the Big Ten could be starting to get more people in the game and uh, have a chance to play. But I have a question for you, and I know you, you may or may not have heard this, but what happened to Skylar Wallace? I mean, she entered her name in the transfer portal. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, softball girl? Yeah. No clue what she what what, what she's done. I'll 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 put my uh I'll put my ears to the ground. I got no idea, Corey. We'll we'll try to find out for you. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll call. Just, I'll call Montana for you. Yeah, well, she she's one of the best players, and I'm sitting there thinking, what in the world is going on? I mean, she 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 she's a very talented player, and she enters her name in the transfer portal. I, I just well, if anybody you know, would know, you would know, Corey. You're my softball correspondent. I have no idea. I just saw it on my phone, and I'm like, what in the world? I mean. It, Either one of two things has happened. Hell's competition, because there, there's some new players, Hell's competition, or she did something. Well, yeah. I would guess the, the, the having all the seven seniors return and then having a big incoming freshman class, I would bet the numbers are a little jammed up on the softball team. Hey, Corey, I got to run. I got one more call to take, okay, buddy? All right. Good to talk to you. Yeah, man. Good to talk to you. Thanks for calling in. Corey in Trostville. I'm going to step out. Ludeman, you still there? Yeah, I'm hanging out. All right, sounds good. We're going to finish the show together, okay? This is my friend Yay. Angus, Angus Gibson from uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Taylor, what's going on today, man? I was going to say the Big Ten plays a cupcake schedule anyway. They're not going to be playing for a national title. Uh, they may not. <laughs> uh, they may not, but but they're going to try to get involved in the in the program. They're going to try to get uh, – it seems like they're going to try to get everybody back on board to playing so that they can make an argument. If Ohio State runs their little Big Ten schedule undefeated – Maybe they can get picked as one of the four teams. Well, I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 better for all of football if the Big Ten can play as well. I mean, if if we can get all of our conferences playing uh, and playing safely, not only safely for the players, but for the coaches, the referees, and the fans, and you know, get our season started in earnest, that's the best for all of football, including if the Big Ten can play their cupcake schedule. Yeah, certainly. If the Big Ten ends up playing, do you think the Pac-12 will follow suit and change their minds as well? Uh, it, it will definitely be in the running. Uh, but the, the problem is that a lot of West Coast places uh, have hotbeds for COVID-19. And so <clears throat> it's going to be it's going to be up to, you know, schools from the big states like California and Oregon and things like that to see if they can um, find a safe way to get all their their uh, ducks in a row. Um, but, I mean, if the Big Ten is playing, the SEC is playing, I believe the ACC is playing. Is that correct? The ACC is playing. They've, they've yeah. played their first week last week. We'll get some more ACC action this week before the SEC starts mm-hmm. next week. We've got a pretty weak they- slate of schedule, a weak slate of games this week. Right. Well, if that's the case, then I don't think uh, – I don't think the Pac-12 will want to be hung out to dry, so to speak. No, they'll, they'll look even worse, I think. But I, but personally, just between me and you, I think that the going back and forth, are we going to play, we're not going to play, the season's canceled, the season's back on, I think that's a, that creates a bad look and it creates a, a, a little bit of uncertainty throughout the conference and it kind of mm-hmm. harkens to poor leadership with, uh, with the conference leaders. Well, I mean, I... I could not be in their position right now. They are in a, a very unenviable position because they're receiving different um, different information from our government, from the CDC, from the WHO, and the world at large. Yeah, every day it feels like the CDC changes their uh, changes the requirements or changes different. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like the CDC. I mean, obviously, as they're updating as they go along, so information changes and and moves, but it's kind of hard to keep up with. Right. And also they're having to deal with public image because uh, you remember Mike Gundy uh, got into some hot water that he had to retract and and apologize before the season began where he was talking about, well, you know, our schools rely on on 
ticket sales and things like that. And, and I think our kids can, um, you know, they're strong enough, their immune systems are strong enough to withstand Corona coronavirus. So I think we should play, you know, leaving out the fact that Mike Gundy is in no way a healthcare professional. <laughs> well, what do you think about to... Coach O saying he thinks that already all of his LSU players have had COVID already? Well, having just done several uh, New Orleans layovers at the flight attendant, I am not in any way surprised because they do not follow the guys <laughs> down there. Well, um, they're, you know, it's kind of going through the SEC at different rates. If LSU's already had it, you know, they had a big summer outbreak. And if Tennessee mm-hmm. is, is down by 44 players, if Auburn, they, they were down 20-something players two weeks ago, now they're only down by five. But it seems like it's just tra- going through waves in the SEC. Well, I mean, it's that way all over the country. We've had, uh, you know, serious spikes and serious troughs. So, I mean, it's uh, it's just really back and forth. And so it's, you know, personally, I think if you grew up in the bayou of Louisiana, you're probably already immune to coronavirus. But, you know. Or in Tampa Bay. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, hey, but, hey, now. You be good. nice. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm very nice. I I love Louisiana. My Not you. I'm talking Orleans. to Joe Gates. Joe Gates is trying to throw some shade at me. <laughs> if if well, you live, if you lived in from high school, and and I can tell you personally, he carried me through football, but I carried him through school. If you lived in uh, Tampa Bay, then you're already immune to. Uh, don't don't you have the big pirate festival? Yeah, y'all. Gasparilla, yeah. Gasparilla, Gasparilla. yeah. Gasparilla. You're you're already immune to COVID just for that right there. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gasparilla, yeah. uh Mardi Gras, kind of the same thing. Different thing. Mm-hmm. You're a hater. Uh, you know, prof- <laughs> pro- professional hater. Professional hater. All right, well, I'll have hater. both of you on the line real quick. Well, we have a bad slate of games this week. Uh, the SEC starts next week, and I'm taking Alabama-Missouri off the board. You can't pick that. But what are the your most interesting game uh, SEC matchup? I got Kentucky and Auburn, 23 versus 8. I've got Mississippi State versus LSU, and I've got Tennessee and South Carolina as my three picks. Real quick, Ludeman, how wh- who you got? Oh, I think you picked most of mine. No, um, no, just pick one of the three. I, I, I nailed all three that were I, good. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'm interested to see Tennessee because I really think that they have, and I know I may get some flack for this, cause, and again, I'm not a Tennessee fan by any stretch. but We don't know I'm any Tennessee to fans. See, well, exactly. I'm interested to see how that offensive line looks. So I'm going to go with Tennessee game. I think it's going to be interesting. I think so, too. Angus? Well, being a Tennessee fan, do or die, ball what? to life, ball to life, fall. What? Uh, I, wow. have to pick the Tennessee, I have to pick the Tennessee game. But I can also set my fandom aside and say it is going to be a very interesting game. All right, it's we're out of time. A- Southern Fried Sports <laughs> for Tuesday. Jay Barker's coming up next. I'm Joe Gaither. That's Angus Gibson and James Ludeman joining me. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Southern Fried Sports. Thank you for 